You're now listening to The Electrical Current, a podcast series brought to you by the independent electrical contractors. Welcome to the IEC National Podcast Series, The Electrical Current. I'm your host for the show, IEC National CEO, Spencer Vilwalk. During this podcast series, we will talk with folks throughout America that help to make the electrical and systems contracting industry truly great. Today, our featured guest is Todd Reed, the National Market Manager of Graybar Corporate Headquarters in St. Louis, Missouri. He is a marketing guru for Graybar and brings a depth of expertise in all that he does. Todd is also a trustee of the IEC Foundation, and he sits on the Platinum Partner Council for the IEC National Association. He's very active within his community, is a huge gaming enthusiast and gaming event leader, and he's also the producer and host of the Inspired and Intentional Business Podcast. But let me pause there so we can hear more from the gentleman himself, Todd Reed. Todd, welcome to the IEC National Podcast Series, The Electrical Current. Thank you, Spencer. It's great to be here. I'll uh, just let you keep talking, and I'll just hang up, because you're doing a great <laughs> job. You know all about uh, me. That's right. That's right. Um, and, uh, well, let's, let's uh, you know, thanks for taking time again to, to share a little bit about your background and, and uh, your, your insights and things of that nature with the IEC community. Um, let's let's talk a little bit about uh, how you got to where you are. Like, where, where did you grow up? And, and um, share a little bit about um, yeah, some of your career path and things of that nature. Sure. So uh, I was raised in a small town in Kansas, just north of Wichita. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's where I was raised and went to um, high school. And then uh, from there went to the uh, University of Kansas, where I received okay. a degree in uh, business. And Lawrence, yeah, so, is that Lawrence, Kansas? Yeah. That is Lawrence, yep. Lawrence, Jayhawks, yep. kind uh-huh. of a basketball school. Uh, we don't talk about football at all. Right. Not important. Right. Um, rock, rock chalk, as it were. That is correct. Mm-hmm. Um, I also, uh, more importantly than my degree, because it's just uh, what it is, but uh, mm-hmm. I met my future wife there, Lisa. Uh-huh. Great. Um, and uh, we met there like before school even started our freshman year. And no kidding. Started da- started dating at some point, and then. Um, Got married while still in school, so that was wow. Uh, we celebrated. Uh, see if I can do my math. I was in 26 years. This this in 2018, so that was cool. Nice, nice. Congratulations. That's great. That's yeah, great. thanks. Yeah, it's, oh. she's she's awesome. Um, so that's the best thing I got from KU. So um, <laughs> and then from there we've uh, moved all around. We've lived in Florida, back mm-hmm. to Kansas, and out to California, and now back to Missouri. Huh. And I've been all over. Um, and uh, I started in this industry mm-hmm. uh, when we moved to California, which was our okay. last big move before moving back to the Midwest. Yeah. So what happened is uh went out there and, uh, you know, I'm looking. So we went out there for my wife, uh, Lisa. She's a lighting designer. Okay. So she does commercial lighting design. And yeah. she was looking at getting into that side of the business. She's an electrical engineer by mm-hmm. training um, so architectural engineer from the University of Kansas, and then um, to go to do lighting, you had to you couldn't be in Wichita really. You had to be you know a coastal city. And so we mm-hmm. looked at or Chicago or something like that. So we looked around, and she found her dream place in L.A. So that's why we moved out there. Mm-hmm. So when I moved out there with her a couple months later, I did not have a job, so I was looking okay. from scratch. Um, I had been in marketing, I'd kind of sales development, that sort of thing in the travel industry and uh, in the uh, corporate jet aircraft industry and stuff. So 
just looking around, and I moved out there with a friend, and he had a friend who knew a friend, so you know how it goes. Yeah, so you know. yeah. Right. And he said, oh, yeah, some uh, friends of ours own a electrical distribution business, and they're, think, you know, wanting to improve their marketing. I'm like, mm-hmm. electrical distribution? You mean they sell electricity? I don't know. What are you right. talking about? Right, right, right. <laughs> so I uh, I looked around because I didn't know what that meant, and, mm-hmm. you know, I wasn't, I wasn't sure. So I spent a little bit of time looking around, and it got to a point where I was like, you know what? I need to pursue every lead, and went and talked to them and learned started to learn what electrical distribution, what it really was. And mm-hmm. they were a family-owned distributor who had been in business 60 years, mm-hmm. primarily in downtown L.A. I mean, downtown, like next downtown. to the garment yeah. district, flower district yeah. is pretty cool and wow. very urban yeah. for L.A. And um, they had been around since, you know, for 60 years and primarily had done industrial work, but were converting and um, were really changing their business because um, gotcha. the industrial market had kind of left a little bit from that area and they were looking to get into the contractor market and mm-hmm. other things. So they needed a marketing person and uh, hired me, but they were very small. It's $5 mm-hmm. million in business. Mm-hmm. And they couldn't really afford a full-time marketing person, so she said, let's start in sales. Okay. So that's what I started in that. Hmm. I feel like I could t- keep going, Spencer. Do you have any questions? Yeah. Well, no, this is great. No, I'm I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying it. Because, yeah, it's uh, it's yeah. So I, and I wasn't aware of the sales piece. So yeah, keep keep rolling if you're if you're good. There. Well, the the sales piece, Spencer, didn't last long. Um, okay. Let's let's just say it's not one of my strengths. And um, mm-hmm. one of the best conversations and one of the best one of the best business lessons I've learned. Um, is to be upfront and honest mm-hmm. with, at a minimum, your direct, uh, you know, boss, your direct mm-hmm. manager. Mm-hmm. She uh, called me into my the office, and I'd only been there six months, and mm-hmm. was making some calls, and you know, not not knocking it out of the park. And she uh, she had just asked me. She goes, "Hey, so how's it going, Todd?" And I gave her some feedback, and she got up mm-hmm. from her desk, walked past me, and shut the door. And I thought, oh, oh boy. Uh-oh. <laughs> here, here, comes, here comes the talk. All right. Yeah. Never had yeah. one of these before. And she yep. just said to me, she goes, Todd, honestly, how's it going? You know, just yeah. let me know. Yeah. So I kind of talked to her about how I was really feeling about the whole sales side of things. And, right, right. And she kind of was like, yeah, I can tell. And she goes, you know what, we're ready to go full-time marketing if you're ready to go. Wow. So, wow. so it was um, – Obviously, I may not have been that successful, but I apparently worked hard enough and shown her that I, you know, would work hard and would yeah. do things to get better. So I started marketing there. I was there five years. Mm-hmm. Grew up from five to fourteen million. Wow! Uh, to started selling into the contractor market. I did everything from marketing, from graphic design to cooking hot dogs at counter days to, yeah. you know, every everything, customer research to strategy so learned a ton of stuff and won 11 awards from the uh, NAD or National Association Mm -hmm. of Electrical Distributors yeah Uh, 11 marketing awards there including my last one before I ended up leaving there Um, the overall best of the best and I'm so excited (laughs) because we beat out the companies like you know the big ones like Graybar right yeah Graybar those big guys yeah uh, those big you know (laughs) got to beat those guys we honestly didn't compete against the gray bars of the world, right? Because we were yeah, smaller, going sure. after smaller, different stuff sure. than gray bar. But it was still fun to, That's you know, beat, beat the big boys and girls. Um, yeah. But that was fun doing that period of life. But long story, we came back to St. Louis for a variety of reasons. for coming to St. Louis. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had met some people from gray bar. And I thought, well, you know, it's, it's distribution. Mm-hmm. So, Gave a shot, and I've been here at the headquarters the whole time. So I count my yeah. field experience at this uh, family-owned distributor, but 
headquarter yeah. experience up here, and I've been doing a variety of things from working with our counters to, which is what I started to yeah. services marketing to now where I'm one of the, one of the leads for our contractor marketing team market team. We have a a team of four of us that um, do different stuff with customer markets. So. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and when, tell me a little bit of timeline too. So when, when did you move back to the St. Louis area and, and leave LA? When was that? So that was 14 years ago in 2004. Okay. okay. And okay. Um, yeah, it's been uh, it's been an interesting ride here. And uh, it's funny. It's the the problems we had at the small distributor were the same problems essentially that Graybar had. You know what I mean? The challenges, I guess, is better. Yeah. Just uh, multiplied by you know a few couple billion dollars, so or a few billion dollars. But um, right, 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 right. But yeah. uh, it's been an uh, interesting, interesting time to kind of see that the great thing about Graybar is you know we're employee owned and mm-hmm. uh, I'd say one of my best, the best things about working here is when I get to work with the uh, what we call the field people, right? And that's mm-hmm. the branch, branch people, yeah. the branch managers and stuff, and because they're on the front lines and working with those contractors day to day and mm-hmm. dealing with the the problems and the praise and um, and they're. They are very excited about Graybar at the branches. It's a very, it's a pretty cool, Absolutely. pretty cool vibe. I'd say that's one of my best things I've enjoyed about working here. Understood. But, yep, that's great. That's great. Well, well, Graybar has a strong corporate culture too, and and uh, and yeah, I mean, we've and they, Graybar has long been a, a partner of ICE and a platinum partner at that, and and um, supported throughout the country and and a multitude of different different markets. Um, and, and yeah, there's, there's a, uh, yeah, there's, there's definitely, there's a, a feel to gray bar people too. There's, there's an inherent culture in which then you, you guys hire for and, and, uh, promote within the, the corporate culture. And it's, it's, uh, it's remarkable, um, really to, to see that and feel that in, in, uh, you know, whether you be in yeah, the middle of, of, uh, Missouri or, or, uh, on one of the coasts or everywhere in between, um, yeah, there's, you always know that that uh, that you have consistency and, and uh, a friend in a gray bar uh, employee. So it's it, right. It's terrific. It's terrific. Yeah. Um, I, I'm yeah. I'm curious. Um, so where where how do you support the the uh, the branch uh, and, and or the districts and and or how, what is what's kind of the, the the focal point of of your role at that at the corporate level to be able to help with the marketing piece. Well, it, uh, it really varies for the for our contractor team. It's um, really getting the voice of the customer. Kind of, mm-hmm. I kind of say I'm the uh, the voice for the contractors within Graybar. Okay. Um, okay. Listening to what they're dealing with and trying to convey that to our corporate teams mm-hmm. as far as marketing, our services mm-hmm. that we develop, mm-hmm. um, and trying to consolidate the input we're getting. And I support the field by, you know, helping our marketing team create collateral for them to sell our services. Mm-hmm. Um, and really, if there were some of the others, I don't really do this, but if there are large, large opportunities, you know, there's things that we sometimes get involved with to coordinate mm-hmm. resources. That's usually more done by services, but we have been known mm-hmm. to touch on that. So, you know, developing our messaging, that you know, what's important to the contractors and mm-hmm. and making sure that we're – Doing the uh, blocking and tackling, first of all, mm-hmm. as far as just doing that, but really communicating and letting the contractors. And honestly, this isn't a, a good, yeah. an exact representation, but I'd say half the job is making sure that um, the Graybar people know what we can do. 
Sure. I'd say that's, sure. A, that's a big struggle that we had. I'd say that's a struggle that a large distributor has. Absolutely. Maybe a smaller one has less of a struggle with it. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone knowing what we do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's just there's so much stuff going on. And the thing oh, we yeah. struggle with is communicating with, you know, just the internal people because, you know, emails. They struggle with the same thing we all struggle with, getting too many emails, sure. too many distractions. and Yep. Yeah, and that's yeah. the something we have to be very cognizant of here. That you know, I think whatever I create is the most important thing ever. So I send it out. How come they don't all respond to it? Well, it's because they've right. got you know. First of all, most importantly, they got customers yeah. calling to talk about whatever is going on that they have to solve right away. And an yeah. email from Todd Reed is like, mm, I'll get to okay. it. And, and, right. and I don't mean to make our make it sound like people are dismissive of what we're no, doing. It's just no, busy. It's- Competing priorities, yeah. Yeah, and so a big part of our job is, you know, I figure if someone doesn't know about a service or something that we do, a graveyard person, that's my job to make sure they know. It's not on on them to figure it out. It's on me to make sure they know. But I'll tell you that um, our most most progressive and best salespeople um, Mm -hmm. are the ones that, they figure it out. You know, they ask around. They Mm. tap in. They tap into these resources that Mm -hmm. we have here. Um, We just had a young young guy from uh, the, the field come up mm-hmm. here to lead our industrial market. So doing the same mm-hmm. thing I am for contractors, but industrial and Good. he succeeded and he, he's seen success from the people who immediately, as soon as you get like, so if I had been at that small distributor, as soon as you become a salesperson, you start tapping into all those resources that we have corporate mm-hmm. district and that's your branch. Right. And to make yourself seem more knowledgeable than you might be at that point, you know? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so that's just something that um, the ones that win, they do that. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they get to know this. And like you said, we're friends. So you can pretty much reach yeah. out and you're going to, you can get help. Um, even right. if you never met somebody. So that's, that's pretty cool. And we do a lot of things um, from a corporate culture thing that kind of help make us hopefully more approachable. Cause sometimes, you know, you get corporate headquarters and it's like mm-hmm. ah, corporate headquarters, right? Right. Right. Um, yep. yeah. As a, I don't know if I should tell this story, but I'm going to tell it. <laughs> a, so I'm taking off my gray bar badge. Um, yeah. When I first started, I, I yeah. hadn't really dealt with uh, people in the field much, so I took uh-huh. my first call. I'd been here a month, and I called this, uh, this um, person out of the uh, branch, and mm-hmm. I said I was from headquarters, and he just said, ah, oh, the Death Star. <laughs> so I, now, now that I – one of these stories I'm like should I tell this story I think it's hilarious because yeah. uh, I love Star Wars references but sure um, me too. so it's <laughs> I laughed and then said something about Darth Vader and Stormtroopers but then it also just reminded me you know, like the the view that I have to make sure that I'm really being helpful to them yeah. to people yeah. out there and not a, not a hindrance but a help right. but um, anyway back to hmm. the, so the corporate culture that they have here is we have many yeah. events and things that mm-hmm. try to bring district branch and corporate together together um yeah. like we have two training events that we hold throughout the year that to me are one of the, I, know, I feel like i'm gonna say yeah. this a lot or one of the best things about gravar because mm-hmm. it immediately gets you so if you're out in wichita kansas say and you mm-hmm. start at that branch to you that is gravar mm-hmm. but you go to this national training conference where there's 500 or 800 i don't know what the number is of your yeah. fellow gravar employees from all over the country mm-hmm. plus all the corporate management and ceo kathy's there and and you you're like wow okay we're a bigger we're a bigger business than I know. Right. Oh, and I get Should to meet Kathy, you know, Mazzarella, yeah. who yeah. started out at a branch, like maybe like me, you know, as a CSR yeah. or something. And and then 
she talks to you and listens and, and she's not the only one, the whole board's there and they're yeah. all very approachable. Right. So from them, you know, to me, you meet a uh, Todd Reed and you kind of like, oh, okay, mm-hmm. here's who I need to contact. Cause um, we do that a lot. We have a lot of things that we try to bring people, you know, together like that. And Kathy mm-hmm. and the other board are out traveling, mm-hmm. uh, visiting branches. She's done an amazing job of getting out there to, um, I don't know, just be, be real and be, yeah. and, and also to listen and, you yeah. know, and also really for me, importantly, talk about where we're going and what we're doing and trying to convey a consistent message. So we, cause that mm-hmm. consistency is there with Graybar, but like yeah. any big company, you, you get, you know, you get pockets of, you know, you want it to be more consistent. Sure. And the way sure. you can really grow is when you're all on the same, same boat as it were. Absolutely. So Absolutely. the more she and others can get out there and, lead it is is awesome so that's that's remarkable that's remarkable yeah she sounds like she yeah she keeps uh very approachable and and keeps a finger on the pulse as to to what's happening out there um yeah so, and yeah and, and i think you mentioned something interesting about the corporate your corporate model too and 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 maintaining that culture and perhaps that that you know level of of uh communication and and listening and, and understanding that's there too is, is about the employee ownership model um, could you share a little bit about yeah, about that and so people that might not be aware? So let's see here. So this year, well, yeah, this year, 2019, we're celebrating 150 years of, mm-hmm. you know, being a business. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then um, uh, 90 years of employee ownership. Mm-hmm. Huge. So, yeah, it's pretty amazing. Um, we're, I don't think we're the largest employee-owned company. Mm-hmm. Uh, I should have this information at the tip of my finger, but we're one of the largest in and I don't even ask me about how it's structured because it's different sure. than an ESOP and all that mm-hmm. stuff. But yeah. basically, you um, can buy stock in the company only as mm-hmm. an employee. Mm-hmm. And it's based on, you know, a variety of things, how much you can buy. But you buy it and then um, you can keep it as a retiree. So that's the only mm-hmm. people who are stockholders are retirees and um, current employees. And current employees. And right. um, the cool thing, I don't, know, I don't know how much detail to get into, but anyway, yeah, it's um, – yeah. So it's a pretty amazing thing. You're, we're all owners. The, um, you know, uh, you know, as I said, you, you're, you can be pretty easily in touch with board members. It's not like yeah. we have a bunch of outside people that we don't know. It's all people we know, and mm-hmm. um, we can talk to them, and they're getting the feedback. And um, hmm. so it's it's a pretty cool a uh, thing model. to say. In fact, mm-hmm. I've just we were just talking last night to my son about. Um, mm-hmm. What did he say? Oh, if we were talking about the game thing that I do. Maybe we can talk about that mm-hmm. later. But yeah, yeah, we were yeah. talking about me, me being a staff member, and my wife was like, well, he's not just a staff member. So we went down this chain of, you know, being an owner. Like, my wife owns right. her business now. Right, and, right. And I said, well, I'm an owner of Graybar, actually. And he goes, you are? I mm-hmm. kind of explained, like, yeah, it's a little different than my wife owning her business. But, mm-hmm. yes, I am a – I own some of the business. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a pretty cool thing, and it's it an is. amazing – an amazing benefit and the stock has been twenty dollars since day one really so, for sure yeah for sure I again don't, don't ask me how that works <laughs> yeah um yeah just because i don't know but it's um yeah it's pretty cool how that works but great that's great well and i think mm-hmm. it yeah it's 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 fantastic and especially you know from you know the merit shop contracting world too and 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 you know the perspective of of open market and and uh, meritocracy and and really you know working for a greater greater good greater cause and being a part of that. Um, Graybar affords that within the employee ownership model, which which then I would 
I would assume that 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 again is part of the culture in which then has there's more inherent accountability um, for employees into a business in which then they have vested stake. It's not not just a job, uh, quote unquote. It's it's a career and and it's a career path of which then you know, affords the benefit of you know long term uh, long term investment as as well as then you know making sure that the 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 company is is performing as optimally as it can. So. Um, so yeah, make, it would make an employee want to be more attuned to what their customers uh, are asking for, what the changing tides of things in the electrical marketplace look like, and, and working to fulfill those needs and solutions and provide those solutions. Right. The um, really cool. The thing I like to say, I mean, I, I don't talk, like to talk about the company so much. I'm talking about you know contractors yeah. or other customers because yeah. it's more about them than us. But the one thing I do like to emphasize is. No, we are an, we are an employee-owned company, and there are other distributors that are like that. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, when you're competing against, you know, the the local the local distributors who are headquartered in, say, Wichita, we'll just keep you mm-hmm. that's where I'm from. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, there's a there's a certain um, a little different play there for them when the owners are there in, you know, in the town. Right. And, you know, right. we're we're corporate, and there's a you know we're a large corporate place. But I'm always like, well, our employees that work there, most of them. I don't know if most, I don't know what the real stats are, but many of them stay there for their whole career mm-hmm. and they're owners, right? So they're, they're a part of that community just as much as others. So it's a pretty, it's a, it's a fun, uh, fun, but it's a, one of the benefits of, you know, yeah, we're a huge, we're a big company, one of the top mm-hmm. ones uh, mm-hmm. sales wise and whatever, but that's, but we are an employee owned company and that branch really is, you know, to them that mm-hmm. is gray bar. So, Absolutely, absolutely. Well, very cool, very cool. Well, um, let's let's shift gears a, a little bit here too. And and um, yeah, you mentioned you mentioned one of one of your other uh, your interests in in, in pastimes, uh, which is really just another full time job beyond uh, what yeah what you do at Gray Barn. You're you're um, raising a family with your wife and and uh, being an upstanding member of society and all that and. Uh, mm. And and well, at least we all we can all try, Todd. But uh, right, yeah, <laughs> certainly but, try. But but the yeah, tell tell us a little bit, and and you've shared a, a bit of this with me when I was in uh, St. Louis last summer, um, about this giant event that um, has grown over the course of years um, around uh, gaming and and specifically around like board games. Um, mm-hmm. t- tell tell me a little bit about that, and, and let's let's share. Um, Share a little bit about that with the IEC community here. Yeah, let me uh, let me take off my gray bar hat and put on my uh, <laughs> board gaming uh, t-shirt, my black t-shirt, um, black t-shirt, <laughs> the nerd shirt. Um, so, okay, so uh, there's a, I am one of six owners of a mm-hmm. board game convention. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Excuse me, <clears throat> mm-hmm. of a board game convention called Geekway to the West, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and. Uh, it started about 15 years ago in the basement of uh, Jay's house. It doesn't matter who Jay mm-hmm. is, but um, mm-hmm. he invited 13 friends over to um, play games all weekend and yeah. you know just hold up in the house and play board games. Yeah. And so there's no video games. It's all board games. So from yeah. 15 years ago with 13 guys that met in a guy's house, it's mm-hmm. now – we have just opened ticket sales for the general audience, but mm-hmm. we'll probably at, we had 2,700 people last year. We'll probably you know go over that this year. Wow, 2,700 people sitting around in a convention center mm-hmm. for four days, 24 hours a day, 
playing board 24, games. 24 hours a day. So I walk through at, at 3.30 in the morning. and I'm You will see 10 people out there maybe. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like pound, pounding Red Bulls or Monster Energy drinks or something. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Wow. yeah, they don't. Um, there's not that many people that do it at 24, but um, yeah. there are a few diehards that they just get all the gaming they can in. So yeah, what's really amazing. cool about it is wow. that, you know, the bo- board gaming has – we are riding a wave that has been mm-hmm. sweeping this country for a few years now, mm-hmm. for 15 years or more, yeah. um, of board games becoming more popular again. You can go yeah. to Target now and see some games that you would never have seen a few years ago, like Ticket to Ride, Settlers of Catan, right. uh, some um, other cool cool ones um, that are showing people that what board games can really be mm-hmm. beyond what we Probably you and I were used to when we were growing sure. up. The, yeah. the monopolies yeah. and sorry Monopoly. of the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So brothers. when people ask if we play that, I get kind of snobby and say, "Please, we play real games." <laughs> but I hope uh, I hope Hasbro is not a sponsor of the IEC. But um, yeah. <laughs> anyway, it's um, it's it's pretty amazing. And the reason we've grown so much, and it's all been word of mouth for the most part, mm-hmm. we've done a little bit of advertising, is that right. it's a you know it's a way for people to connect. You're face to face with people. We've had we had some guys come by a few years ago and said, "Hey, I heard about this." game convention and they were getting ready to buy tickets to get in and they mm-hmm. were looking around and like in, they could kind of see into the hall and they're like, where, where are the TVs? And we're like, what? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. The TVs, where are the, where are the monitors? Like, oh no, this is board games. They're like, oh, all right, never yeah. mind. <laughs> they, they, they were not on board, but. Um, right, right. Literally, still, literally. Boom, boom. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Sorry, I missed that joke. But um, they, I can think of one couple and this is why we've grown this there's a mm-hmm. you know we're fairly it's a, it's a fairly younger crowd they're younger than me that comes they're probably like um you know late 20s early 30s you know they're out of they're out of college um, but they mm-hmm. have some time and it's pretty inexpensive to come to it it's only 65 dollars to come there for four days and you know yeah. maybe you sleep in someone's house or we're, they're mainly from the midwest but we have 23 mm-hmm. states represented typically mm-hmm. so that's pretty cool um, wow. but we, I had this couple come, they were older and, um, and, uh, I, they came there and I kind of introduced them, walked them around, showed them around, you know, how to do things. And, uh, they came next year with their daughter who was a college age, um, college age. And then they came the next year and they brought a couple of their friends and she brought a friend. And then the year after that, those people brought people. And I was kind of able to see, this is why we've grown somewhat exponentially over the years because it's just an open environment we encourage people just like if you don't know how to play something you're like hey someone want to teach me this game or if you see someone playing something you like you just sit down and ask them if you can join them or at least watch to learn a new game and and they're just playing board games we have a library of like 1500 games that they choose from so you would come spencer you don't have to bring anything but yourself you can check out games we do a thing that we started called play and win where we have all the latest like a hundred and mm-hmm. Hundred and something games that you can play that are brand new, and you can win that game. So, um, we wow. get four prizes, of course. It's pretty. I'll tell you, when you're walking around midnight and you yeah. see people sitting there talking and laughing, and yeah. you know, just um, it's pretty fulfilling to know that you're and you're Absolutely. bringing people together from around the country and uh, that kind of meet online. Because the re- one reason yeah. it's grown is the internet has helped board gaming become popular with meetup right. and this website called boardgamegeek.com. Uh, uh-huh. yep. And now you're able to connect to people maybe playing a little bit more obscure games from, you know, mm-hmm. DC and you, mm-hmm. know, you meet online and then you go to these conventions. We're certainly not the only one, um, mm-hmm. but we are one of the 
probably the largest just open gaming. We don't have a lot of events and stuff. It's not it's not a competition. It's not a yeah. tournament. It's yeah. we have them. They're there, but that's not the main purpose. The main purpose is to. I always say you're coming over to our house. Yeah, it's a convention center, and you're just going to hang out for four days and play games. So. Right. Right. That's terrific. That's terrific. Yeah, you're building building that sense of community, and and what a great experience. Yeah, people build lifelong relationships, and I mean, there's a lot of parallels to to you know the IEC community in a way, and 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 coming together for common purpose, um, and and you know uh, having yeah being very exhausted at the same time of of you know going through an intense series of of different value adds. If you will, you know, in, in this case, you know, um, different games that, that people would play and different um, board games, etc. And, and the parallel on, on the IEC side is, is, you know, educational opportunities and advancement of, of uh, you know, people's businesses, etc. Um, so you've been you've been doing this again. How many years was it? Fifteen, roughly. So the convention has been going on fifteen years, and I think 15. I've been an owner okay. owner for like five or six years. I, I came on board really because I would volunteer and help mm-hmm. out, and they. Mm-hmm. They liked the work I did, and they asked me to help. Gotcha. My primary, my pri- we kind of divide up the roles because mm-hmm. everyone's got their strengths, and mine yep. is really you'd think marketing, but it's not. Mm-hmm. It's more the um, handling the hotel and the uh, mm-hmm. convention center. So I'm responsible for negotiating that. And we, gotcha. it's, uh, I don't remember how big that convention center is. Is it 40,000? Anyway, it holds enough to hold mm-hmm. 3,000 people, and, um, and then the at one time, is, at one time too, at one hey, time, yes. Yeah. Oh my goodness! Wow. Yeah, no, like most of the time those people are there the whole time. You can go to Geekway. Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't know if I said this. Geekway to the West. So instead Geekway of Geekway to the West. To the West yeah. Right, right. So if Love you go it. to geekwaytothewest.com, it's, um, you can see photos on there of the full room. It's pretty amazing. And then I'm also in charge of the hotel, which is a 250-room embassy suite that we sell out yeah. um, every year, plus the other hotels around that we take up. So okay. we're generating a little extra, a little extra cash for the local economy and which is yeah. kind of a fulfilling thing. Absolutely. But that, that's, and then I'm kind of re- so I'm responsible throughout the entire event of just making sure, you know, because there's always need there. You guys, you know, you help run a convention yourself. So. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, always something that's to do. Terrific. There is. There's always something to do. There's all, and and what are the dates of uh, the Geekway to the West convention this year? Again? Mm, it's like May 17th, 19th, okay. 18th, 19th, 20th. Right. And uh, we no, tickets no. are open. So buy them now. Tickets we haven't sold open. out. That's great. That's great. That's that's great. Um, so yeah. So now you. So you're an owner of that too. So now you've you've got two things that you're owner over. And and another topic I'd I'd like to have you share a little bit about too is is uh, your podcast series, Inspired and Intentional Business. Um, mm-hmm. How'd you get into that? And and um, you've got some great content up there. You got you know nearly 150 shows um, that people can can dig into. But what would they what would they find if they went on the uh, the iTunes podcast store and and uh, found themselves over in in there. So uh, so basically, what they find, I can kind of tell why why I did it here in just a minute. But yeah. what they're going to find is um, companies and uh, one municipality, but mainly companies, organizations, for profit primarily. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, right now, anyway, in the interviews that are balancing what I say, they're balancing people, purpose, and profit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In a variety of ways, it's it's really tough to nail it down. It was tough to come up with a name because there's not necessarily one thing that they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, I always ask my guests, you know, like, how would you explain what you're doing? And it's just all over the place. So I brought it down to that balancing people, purpose, and profit. And while it's not an easy thing to do, it is 
possible to at least work towards it mm-hmm. <laughs> and make those tough decisions um, when it comes down to trying to balance the three of those. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you'll hear companies that are doing it um, through a variety of means. And that's, it's an interview show because I am by no means an expert in it. It's a passion mm-hmm. for me. It's not a moneymaker. I'm, I'm the owner, but it's uh, definitely not for profit. And um, yep. I just find company owners um, who I read about or who someone else recommends and just ask them what you're like you're doing with me, but yeah. what they're doing yeah. in their company. You could really mm-hmm. call it an organizational development podcast. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I hesitate with that just because I, I'm not an organizational development person. Mm-hmm. And um, but that's kind of what it's about, you know, developing yeah. culture, company culture, and all that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, if and, I've you know, yeah, if I've I've enjoyed a couple episodes um, that that I would say it is, you know, a lot of organizational and culture piece. Um, that that and and great, just terrific insights that people are sharing too. It's it's really very open book, if you will, um, and and literally in in some of the podcasts, you know, learning about kind of open book philosophy of of management and things along those lines. So I'm, I'm, I don't know, I'm a, I'm a business philosophy geek uh, and, and like to tear through and, and learn about you know, different success pathways. And your your podcast gives a lot of that, um, a lot of those uh, straight to the chase, if you will, you know, to be able to really gain some applied insights within the businesses that you speak with. Yeah, I mean, there's some people doing some really cool and kind of radical things as far as, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. how like open book management is probably the biggest and easiest one to kind of point to. Yeah. There's a, definitely a movement around that. Uh, there's mm-hmm. a company, you know, a great game of business company down mm-hmm. in Springfield, Missouri mm-hmm. uh, called SRC Manufacturing that kind of started that trend. And there's a book called The Great Game of Business by Jack mm-hmm. Stack and then a follow-up mm-hmm. called A Stake in the Outcome that I would highly recommend to any business okay. owner. Okay. Um, and it, um, I that's what, and I started with that, and it kind of clued me into this whole kind of different thing. Uh, gosh, twenty four years ago, when I worked for yeah. my parents' travel agency, yeah. and I discovered mm-hmm. the book and tried to implement some things there without success. And, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then, mm-hmm. as I have gone to other companies, I've tried to implement little things here and there because I, you know, I've even tried little things when I've been here at Graybar. Um, yeah. And try yeah. to influence business based on those principles, and now that I've opened my eyes to even more different ways of doing things, different mm-hmm. principles that it can do, and I've and I've seen success myself now, just kind of trying to balance those three things and trying to yeah. run business a little differently mm-hmm. um, than maybe we're used to. So that's interesting. That's interesting. So yeah, it plays back, and and this. This uh, this podcast, yeah, you, you put it out there for, for people to be able to then gain that knowledge and take away the, the kernels and nuggets um, and, and work to apply into their lives. And, and you've you've had direct application of your curiosity to be able to kind of dig in and learn a little bit more and, and had a direct application back to Graybar. Um, that's that's fantastic. That's fantastic. Yeah, it's been a fun it's fun meeting these people. I mean, just to go off the title, they they definitely are inspiring. Um, but what's cool about it is that, you know, company culture, it comes by, it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. You're going to have a culture and it's either going to be by intention yeah. or by accident. Most of the time it's yeah. accident. Yeah. The people that are very intentional about it, um, you know, make a difference. And Ari Winesway, probably, um, I don't know, they're not a third of my shows, but they're a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, the Zingerman's mm-hmm. company in Ann Arbor, uh-huh. Michigan. Yeah. You know, he talks about it. There's a science behind it, but it's mm-hmm. also a lot of art and it takes a lot of time. 
Yeah. And he's been doing this since they, well, not since they started, but for the most, most of the time they've been in business and it's a constant, a constant work. Mm-hmm. Um, there's another company, actually, if I look out this window I'm talking out of, I can almost see them from my window called uh, okay. Barry, Barry Waymiller. Hmm. And they, okay. uh, they are doing some amazing things. They're not open book management, mm-hmm. but he's, he's written a book called Everybody Matters. Mm-hmm. And he's doing some really cool things. I would recommend people do that. And the cool thing is, He's a manufacturer, yeah. Um, yeah. So it's a blue collar, you know, get your hands dirty type of business. Whereas Zingerman's is more of a, it's a deli and a food service. Right. So, right. You know, it kind of shows that you can run a really. And I've talked to someone running a county government. So huh. it doesn't matter. Um, and there are construction companies do it. I have not really spoke with any of them on the show yet, but I yeah. would like yeah. to at some point. It's kind of been on hold for a little bit. I got some other real life issues going on, but um, sure. the content's still there, and you can get it at inspiredandintentional.com, mm-hmm. and it's also on iTunes, and all the shows are on the website. And I encourage anybody to go listen, subscribe to it, and um, yeah. you know, any questions, just email me. We can yeah. chat about what well, they want to do. But well, and then there may there may even be one of our IEC members out there that that is uh, employing some of these practices, including open book management, which. After hearing this, might uh, might learn a little bit more, and and uh, could be someone that could uh, wind up on your podcast at some point too. That's great. Yeah, I mean, okay. I got You know, I'm a I'm a huge believer in. You know, most of us have to spend forty plus hours a week doing our job. Yeah. Um, and if you can leave it feeling encouraged, inspired, yes, um, fulfilled, the yes. community itself is going to be a lot better. I'm yes. just if I if I have time since I'd like to share a story from Barry Waymiller that they please. talk about. Yeah, please. Yeah. So they um so what they do, Barry Waymiller is like it's not a holding company, it's not the right term, but they buy they are a manufacturing company and then they will buy other companies. Mm-hmm. And they have successfully um integrated other companies into their business. You know, uh, acquisitions fail at a very high rate, but theirs mm-hmm. don't. And one of the things that they're able to do is they're actually able to implement their culture into these companies and change their cultures in addition mm-hmm. to the other business wow. um, acumen right. that they bring. Right. For example, right. so they bought this company, this manufacturing company, and after they had had some time to implement some of their changes, they brought their board into the, the factory, sat them in a you know, meeting room and you know, the, the break room at the factory. You can just picture it. And they were asking employees to come in. They were just asking them questions, you know, fairly mm-hmm. impromptu. And so they asked this one guy to come in, and they just asked him straight up. They said, tell us what differences this has made um, in your work, yeah. you know, the yeah. things that we're implementing. Yeah. And he said, uh, um, my marriage is uh, – my wife and I talk more. Interesting. And my marriage is better. And they're like, well, wow. what, what, do you, what do you mean? And he said, well, right. you know, I've worked here 20 years, and I'd come in. I do like most people. I go home. I'm tired. I'm exhausted mentally and physically. Yeah. Yeah. I open a beer. I pop on a chair and I watch TV. Fall asleep in the chair. Get up and do it again the next day. Yeah. yeah. Didn't talk to my wife. You know, we wouldn't say much. We'd eat dinner. Well, yeah. then you all started doing these things where you listen to our ideas. You implement. You don't implement. You kind of, you know, it's a very open hmm. type of environment. Yeah. How that works. Right. I would go home the first time. I'd say, "Honey, I gave this idea," and you know, I was very excited. Excited. She yeah. She was excited. Yeah, and, and now all these things are happening here, and now we talk more in our marriage simply That's because amazing. of that. So it makes us makes that better. So think about Isn't that, his life, yeah. his community's life. If just because a company opened right. up and 
treated this. So his big thing is treating employees. You know, everyone is someone's baby, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Someone's child, baby right. is the right word. So right, right, everyone right. is someone's child. And what if you treated them like so, you know, mm-hmm. how you mm-hmm. want your children, to, you know, treated, even if they're 40 years old, you want them treated with respect. With respect like and dignity adult, and yeah, human yeah. being. And, yeah. um, and that, and that's someone else told me that they said, you know, it's important to treat your, you know, employees as adults, which yeah. doesn't always happen. Yeah. So that's that's fascinating. That's I mean, fascinating. <laughs> we better stop now since or I could go on for a long time. I I know I know, but well, and I, so, I want to dig in I, because I think that's that's interesting, just the psychological aspect of it too, because it, it creates ripples in 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 the concentric circles as to how a change, a positive change within business, empowers an individual to be able to then yeah they get they get they get a response they get an emotional and and physiological response to um to yeah that empowerment and that ability to be able to then um take a little more control of their careers um and and, and feel yeah feel that validation of of uh worth as to what they're working towards and and the way that that yeah that transplants that makes a it's going to make them much more bought into their work obviously um and and um and more productive, uh, hopefully, as a result of that, which then benefits the the company as a whole. Um, but then also, yeah, those those additional ramifications of what that does for your own human fulfillment outside of the walls of business. Um, that's that's an interesting piece that uh, um, yeah, I hadn't hadn't quite thought about it in that that way before. But that's that's a great. I appreciate you sharing that story. That's a great great uh, anecdote and great. Great takeaway. Yeah. Um, What's what's 2019 look like uh, for Graybar? How are you guys feeling about things in the electrical marketplace or anything that that I see um, contractors could uh, could look forward to in the year ahead? Uh, Well, 2018 was uh, pretty good. We did well. Um, Mm -hmm. And 2019 is... Looking to not be quite as strong. I think that we're the indicators seeing in the market, but still a fairly mm-hmm. good market for the construction side of things. But um, from what the experts are talking about, that's not a gray bar thing. That's kind of what the people are talking about. The, Just the know, entire market. Yeah. The entire yeah. market. Um, um, but I would say, you know, the thing that we're really focused on is, you know, helping the contractor move into the future of construction. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're, we're going to see some pretty – well, we think we're going to see some pretty massive shifts in the way we we work and the way yeah. the contractors work mm-hmm. um, moving forward. Not just con- con- not just electrical contractors, but you know a lot of us in a lot of industries, even sure. even in marketing jobs. I think right. you're going to see a massive shift with mm-hmm. um, AI. And there's I can't remember the other term. It's not just AI anymore. There's some other term, but mm-hmm. you know AI and automation and things like that. And it's going yeah. to impact both blue collar, white collar jobs and uh, automation of um, autonomous vehicles and what yeah. have you. I saw yeah. a video of a robot that now walks more like a person than I've mm-hmm. ever seen, which yeah. is scary. Um, yeah. But yeah. also pretty fascinating. So, mm-hmm. you know, how do we help the contractor be more efficient? Um, mm-hmm. and that's what we've been talking about for years, and that, that message is not going to change a whole lot. What yeah. we're doing on the inside to help change that will change, you know, yeah. but um, – how do we help them move, become more efficient? The electrical contracting business has not really moved much as far as um, um, mm-hmm. labor efficiency. 
Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. the last 30, 40 years, you know, the labor component of a lot of electrical jobs is about 45% or something, mm-hmm. give or take. Mm-hmm. And in other industries that have been making improvements in the areas, it's down to 9%. Yeah. Wow. So you know that someone's going to come along and disrupt that. Yes. And yes. so how do we help us and the manufacturers we work with and our contractors, mm-hmm. you know, face yeah. and survive and thrive with that disruption? So Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Interesting, interesting. And, and yeah, that's, that's, that's fascinating. Um, because yeah, yeah, some of the some of the other industries that have have uh, more rapidly uh, moved in that direction. Yeah, that the increase of efficiency is there, and increase of efficiency equals uh, higher productivity and higher profits as a result. Um, so it's yeah, I, I I agree with you. I think that that's integration of technology into the workplace is is uh, here to stay, obviously, and and it's at what adoption curve and what. Uh, what tools and methods then then we bring into it to be able to help um, help the construction industry continue uh, to thrive uh, into the future? So 20, 2019 will be fun, Todd. I where I think we can rest assured. Yeah, no, it'll be a great time. And you know, like I mentioned earlier, I um, you know we're we're um, how begin, wanting to power the new era. That's kind of mm-hmm. our are saying that we're tearing into 2019 as we celebrate 150 years in business. And we started out with inventors and innovators. um, And we're, we're really talking about corporate messaging. We're really bringing, making sure that we all are doing that more. You know, we're talking more about innovation and doing things internally to make sure we're doing that and um, making sure that we're again, helping all of us move forward in the industry for the next 150 years. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Rekindling that fire of um, innovation, entrepreneurship, and all that, and of course celebrating 90 years of employee ownership. And how do I, how do I become a better owner, smarter owner of my mm-hmm. business, just like my wife has to do in her five-person business? How do right. I do it in our right. larger business? So absolutely, absolutely. And frankly, how do we help our contractors, you know, thrive in the next 150 years, and what's it going exactly. to look like? I can't even imagine. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. No, no. If, if you and me both, and and I, I think uh, if we had that crystal ball, um, yeah, we wouldn't be able. Even if we saw what that looks like, we probably wouldn't be able to then understand it in the same way yeah, that if you look exactly. back 150 years. Somebody doing the same thing to look at where today's world is is uh, it's it's. We just got to live through it, and we got to we got to be smart and work together, and and that's. Uh, that seems to be the focus of, uh, of of the corporate model at Gray Bars to continue to listen and continue to build the thread with uh, with our customers, which which are the electrical contractors, and um, and that's a lot of what you do at IEC and engagement with IEC, isn't it, Todd? It is, uh, is that engagement oh, yeah. piece? So yeah, it's been a fun fun ride being involved more closely with the organization. So. Terrific, terrific. Well, want to thank you for your time today. This is uh, we could go on forever, I know, um, and, and maybe we'll have to do a follow up at some point. Um, be able to uh, be fun. share more of of your insights and, and inspiration. Um, but thank you so much, Todd, for for spending your time with us today, and, and thank you for all you and, and your Grey Bar team does for us. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Awesome, awesome. And thanks to all of our listeners out there. This has been another installment of the IEC podcast series, The Electrical Current. You can check us out at ieci.org, and if you're interested in career opportunities within the electrical and systems industry, jump over to myelectriccareer.com. That's myelectriccareer.com to learn more and start on your path.
to achieve your dreams.